The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and let me finally welcome to you again my good friend and my mentor in beautiful and sunny Southern California. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back Steve Adams. Steve, it really has been too long. Been a little while. A whole lot of stuff has been going on. A lot of the different leagues have crowned their champions. Uh, The EPL, uh, with much anticipation, it all came down to a lot of white-knuckle suspense this past Sunday to see, you know, not only who would win the league, but also, you know, who's going to stay up and who's going to get relegated. And it all, you know, came down to the, the very, very end of the morning. It did. And Manchester City fans are gloating. I'm sure you've probably had to deal with it too, but I'll be honest because I've been really tough on Manchester City, according to some people, but I'm just telling the gods honest truth because... I'm not. I would not be allowed to say what I said on a, on working for a major media conglomerate because the truth hurts. And I said Manchester City wins the EPL, but do they win the other titles that matter more? They do not. So they can gloat about winning the EPL, but they can't get it done in the Champions League. And something that I and, and you know me very well. You know that I'm a strong man of conviction, right? Just like you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Stuff that you know, Pep Guardiola was saying that well, EPA, the EPL is obviously much much harder to win than the Champions League, <laughs> and I think, oh my God. and I think that's you know, my line, my line on Twitter was, what's the Catalan word for sour grapes? <laughs> I saw um, that. <laughs> um, you know, look, it's it's a hell of an accomplishment. I mean, it's it's not to belittle what Manchester City have done, not at all, but. They also have a war chest that is above and beyond, you know, what anybody does. And when you consider the amount of money they have in that lineup and how they always seem to find some way to underperform or in the case of, you know, the semifinals of the Champions League, they just pulled one of the ultimate choke jobs of all time. And I witnessed it. 
Um, so, I mean, you really can't, you really can't say a whole lot about it. You know? Yeah. I mean, they've won like five of the last six champions leagues, Liverpool, when they won the EPL, uh, in 2019, that's the only year that somebody else hasn't won it. And, uh, you know, Liverpool, I mean, during a bunch of these different years when Sir Alex Ferguson, when they were winning EPL titles, uh, people forget that they were winning EPL titles with not even getting 90 points. I mean, Liverpool has been runner-up several times now after having accrued more than 90 points. And, um, you know, and now they're going to play for another Champions League title. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it would be number seven. And we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about the Champions League in a minute. But you're you know, excited. You have to... You're just overwhelmed with excitement. Steve, it is good to have you back. <laughs> but you know, you have to give Man City credit. I mean, yeah, not... Aston Villa, you know, Cash, and then uh, Coutinho scored a really nice goal in the 69th minute. So, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, in the 70th minute, Villa's up two zip on City, and you're thinking, hey, you know, former. Uh, Liverpool great and now the Aston Villa coach DVG you know he's doing his ex-team a major solid and then uh, City had the wherewithal to regroup and then within a five minute time frame they scored three goals against the villains and um, you know in the meantime you know Liverpool fans are following the results too and when um Villa scored their two goals in the middle of when nothing else is going on. All the Liverpool fans that had their cell phones with them at the game, you know, they're breaking into spontaneous cheers and applause. Um, to be fair to Liverpool, also, uh, Wolverhampton, with really not a ton to play for, Wolves gave Liverpool one hell of a match. And to be honest with you, if Wolves had just a modicum of better finishing i mean they could have either tied or or won the game they were really really dangerous on the counter counter attack wolverhampton's first goal was you know just route one uh goalkeeper clearance kick bounce uh ball to nieto buries it past becker you know three minutes into the game wolves are up one zip and it's like oh crap what is this um, but Liverpool, they righted the ship. Mane scored a goal. He was cleared off just a really fantastic, uh, cheeky little back heel by Thiago. Uh, and then um, in the second half, Klopp bought uh, Salah onto the game. He scored a goal at the 84th minute. And then the Scot, uh, Eddie Robertson, he scored a goal in the 89th minute to, to seal the deal. But by then, by that time, Everybody at Anfield knew that City had already come back from the dead from two goals down, and they were now leading three to two. And that's how it finished. Mm -hmm. So uh, City, EPL champs again, Liverpool second, assured of group play in the Champions League. Uh, Chelsea third, uh, the defending European champs. Uh, they take third. And then uh, Tottenham Hotspurs. Gotta they them. overtake. Got to give them that. They overtook a really hard, you know, uh, Arsenal was looking really good. And, I mean, a month ago, I really thought Arsenal was going to be the fourth-place team and I get thought, the I last. That too. Yeah. And then uh, Tottenham, you know, does a beatdown on the Gunners. 
at their park. And then um, Tottenham, you know, they got their win uh, the other day. They scored uh, four goals. Actually, I take that back, five goals. Uh, Son Heung-min, two goals. The second one, the one he scored in the 70th, 75th minute was just a howitzer. It was just it was the type of long distance screaming goal that uh, Steven Gerrard would have been really proud of back when he was playing for, for Liverpool. But uh, the South Korean just had a fantastic game, and uh, you know it's a nice it's a nice jump off point for South Korea as they're looking forward for the World Cup, and it's going to be great for fans. Um, that he's going to play. I mean, he's arguably the greatest South Korean player ever. I think right now he's solidified himself as that. In my case, you know, Liverpool, I get it. It's painful, but you know what? The score, you guys have already technically have bragging rights because the score this season is 2-1. to one. Yeah, Manchester City has the EPL, but Liverpool has the EFL title and the FA Cup title. So it's two, and they're, and they're competing for the Champions League. So even if Liverpool were to lose, Liverpool still has the bragging rights. Yeah, and let's not forget Liverpool beat City in the semifinals of the FA Cup too. So, yeah. granted, to be fair to City, uh, De Bruyne was out that game, and that's a pretty important uh, piece of the puzzle to not have. But uh, still, I mean, that was a pretty darn good team that Liverpool beat and. Uh, what turned out being a very intense and very interesting FA Cup semifinal. But uh, so we've got our Champions League candidates. Um, Arsenal goes down to the Europa Cup since they finished in fifth place. Um, West Ham sort of chugged it home at the end of uh, they, they did not have a particularly great last month. They did make it to the semifinals of the Europa League, uh, where they lost in the semifinals to, to Eintracht Frankfurt, the eventual winners, uh, who last week they beat Glasgow Rangers um, in a really entertaining game for the Europa League. They limited but, Barcelona, uh, if I'm correct. Yeah, Frankfurt beat Barcelona too, and um, it was Frankfurt's first... European hardware since 1980. I was a college student in Paris in 1980 when Frankfurt won its last um, European hardware. And it's interesting, back then, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, they had a guy named Cha Boom, who was the first Korean player to play in the Bundesliga. And he was tremendous talent. Uh, first Korean player to really make a big splash at European ball. So uh, Frankfurt you know, getting the Europa League, uh, great atmosphere in the final in oh, Seville. Yeah. The, the the Glasgow Rangers fans came down from Scotland in droves. The Eintracht fans, it was a regular sea of white jerseys in Seville. Good game, um, but anyway. But I digress. But back to but back to West Ham. Uh, they're going to have to satisfy themselves with the Europa Conference League uh, since they kind of faded along the way. And I believe Manchester United is. <laughs> The, in the Europa Conference League. Not even in the Europa Cup. Well, let me look uh, from the standings. You know, honestly, the fact that I'm not, like, I'm not a diehard, okay, I mean, I, I don't think I ever really was a mini fan. I've always been, like I always say, I was just a fan of the game. I just, I always just thought that Man United, their logo always always impressed me as a kid. 
Well, they finished sixth, and according to this, according to the legend, yeah, it's no Europa League group stage. Okay, for yeah. Man United. Yeah, okay, but, but so... you know what? Manchester United, I, and I already told myself, if they had failed to qualify for anything, it would actually be the best thing to happen to them. And a lot of Man U fans got, like, red fire engine pissed off at me for saying that. I said, the fact that these players do not want to work, you, you could just tell those players don't give a, they don't give a shit. I mean, I don't want to cause the storm, but you could just tell they don't give a fuck. Okay, there's nothing going well, right with this team. They, if they're going to start a rebuild, they need to start from the bottom, work their way up. They need to re-earn the, the opportunity to, to be in a competitive tournament because they don't deserve it. It's, it's clear that what happened, they're going to need to seriously clean house after what happened. And then, um, you know, uh, and then on the other end of the scale, you know, the battle for relegation. I mean, that came down to the very, very end. Those of us involved with American soccer, uh, we had a cheering interest of our own with Jesse Marsh, uh, former coach of uh, Leipzig. And, uh, you know, when he took over, uh, Leeds was right in the relegation zone. And they were able to do just enough. They were able to get a 2-1 to one win on the road, no less, against Brentford. And Brentford, let it be said, uh, Brentford had a pretty damn solid first year in the top flight. Uh, it was their first time there in a hell of a long time. But Leeds, you know, they get to stay up in the top flight again. So I think Marsh will have his uh, coaching job back in Yorkshire. And then the word that I had heard, it sounds like uh, Leeds is going to sign um, American forward um, Aronson, who's been a stellar player with Salzburg. So he's going to join the show in, uh, in Yorkshire. So that'll be great. But uh, the one thing, too, I'm just glad that Leeds stayed up. It's like, for the moment, the English press could just shut the hell up because... <laughs> Like uh, that, any other manager from any other country, just based on nationality alone, you know, the, the English press doesn't necessarily pick on people by nationality. With Jesse Marsh, they do. That's the I French, think that's got, the French media's oh, job. Hmm. You know, I mean, this whole referencing thing with Ted Lasso and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's just, you know. So he got to raise his middle finger at the English press, and uh, you know he gets another year uh, to work at Yorkshire. So Burnley go down, uh, Norwich goes down, um, Watford go down. Mm -hmm. So, and then uh, coming up to the EPL, if I remember correctly, Fulham, Burnmouth, and then um, the playoff for the third and last spot will be between. Um, Nottingham Forest and uh, Huddersfield. Yeah. Another team, Yorkshire. So the Terriers will take on Nottingham Forest. And, uh, you know, I won't lie. I'm, I'm rooting for Nottingham Forest to come back up. Uh, they have been away from the top flight since I want to say 1999. It's a long time. And when you consider that, this is a team that actually once upon a time had a European pedigree. They were the two times. European Champions Cup winners back when it was called the the Champions Cup uh, before they called it the Champions League. Uh, you know, Nottingham won it two years in a row in 79 and 80. And, you know, they won some top flight titles in England. And also, too, it should be noted, back then to play in the Champions Cup, 
you had to win your domestic league. You didn't have multiple spots for teams that were finishing second and third. You Back then, in the early 80s, whoever finished top of your country standings, Champions Cup, or what they used to call in France, the Saint-Un or C1. And then they used to have the Cup Winners' Cup, which was whoever would win a country's domestic cup title. In the case of England, that would be the FA Cup. So once upon a time, that was a pretty big deal. So if you didn't necessarily have a really great season, but if you won your domestic cup, hey, you were playing European football. So that was a really good carrot on the stick. And then depending on the league, you know, whoever finished second, third, and fourth, um, you know, UEFA points would determine how many uh, UEFA Cup spots. So it was the UEFA Cup before it was sort of rechristened as the, the Europa League. And, of course, the, the Cup Winners' Cup, that's been gone and trash, you know, for, for many, many years now. But uh, it was a whole different world back then. But uh, really, really hoping Nottingham Forest can come back to the top flight in England. I think that would just be fantastic. It would. My dad actually talked to me about that, and I really never give my dad enough credit for because my dad does actually listen to the show more than I think. He just he just doesn't really talk to me about it because, you know, I've thought about it because you know my dad's just like is like you. He enjoyed soccer a whole lot back then. I mean, my dad prefers the style from back then than today, and soccer really has changed so much since then. It's definitely not the same play style. It's it's totally evolved. So it's not that much. yeah. So my dad's kind of stuck in that old. 80s, 90s, you know, soccer uh, mentality, which I get because back then it was definitely much more entertaining. Than, I guess it was back then, at least back then, these fans would say that because you know they were there. But it would good, it was it would be good to see Nottingham Forest. But I, I, you know, what I would love to see is is the Blackburn Rovers be back at the EPL because the Blackburn Rovers. I mean, I think it was in '95 that magical season when they they uh, when they won the title. I mean, I'm not sure when it was, but I know you've told me the story. That was like 95, yeah. you know, and uh, Alan Shearer was scoring goals up the wazoo. Oh, that's right, for, yeah. For for Blackburn. So, uh, you know, that was that was pretty cool, but yeah, you know, some of these some of these teams like from yesteryear that were really really good. Yeah, I'm I'm a nostalgic person, I think. Uh, I guess like a lot of people in my age group. But um, but at any rate, yeah, I think I think it'll be great to see Nottingham Forest come up. But uh, you know, other clubs that I keep hoping can come back from the depths of uh, the lower divisions in England. I think Sunderland is going to do the playoff. They're cur- they've been in the third tier of English football, and um, if they could win their playoff, then they would go back to the, the English Championship, what they used to call the second division. And for the life of me, I still don't understand why in England they came up with this Premier League, League One, you know, just stop. Um, just call it what it is. Uh, first division, second division, third division. Um, but anyway, that's that's just me. But yeah, I'd kind of like to see teams like Ipswich Town and Sunderland somehow find their way uh, back into the top flight. But, you know, those were teams that you know, it was kind of more their heyday, particularly Ipswich Town. I mean, that's over 40 years ago when they were one of the better teams in Europe. Yeah. But uh, last thing about the the EPL, uh, the way the way it ended is just the way we always say: uh, expect the unexpected. And and to be honest, as far as Manchester United goes, yeah. Last thing I want to say is, yeah, they got a clean big time. And 
Rangnick, as far as, as if I'm correct, I believe he's he took the job as the as the manager of the Austrian national team. But despite that, I swear I read he's going to maintain his role as a consultant. But I think that's what I do. I'm not sure if I mean, as far as Manchester United goes, you know, and I and I tell uh, our friend who our fellow stoppage time FC guy uh, Rod Angelus, who's a diehard Man U fan, I told him, look, I I am not expecting any miracles with Manchester United. What ha- whatever happens, I'll believe it when I see it. And if I, if since I'm skeptical, if they somehow win the Europa League uh, you know, with, with under the management of Eric uh, Ten Hag, which by the way, yeah, that's how it's pronounced. I actually have to look it up. I'll, I'll own up to it. I will. I won't d- doubt it. But but right now, the the problem is the players are not motivated. They don't seem to care. I mean, we, we don't know. We don't even know who's going to be there. But if we're if we're going to talk about an early prediction now that Eric Ten Hag is there. I expect Donny Van de Beek to actually receive better opportunities because Eric knows Donny Van de Beek better than anybody, especially when when Donny was was part of Ajax. So that's the first thing I expect. But well, Pogba's gone. He's Pogba's on, on his way to Juventus. But, but, I'd, I'd imagine he's going to go to Juventus where he was a star. You know, yeah. people forget a lot of time Pogba was a hell of a player when he was at Juventus when uh, Man U picked him up. Um, I think he could actually be a pretty good match at uh, at PSG uh, to, to oh, get him re you know uh, re involved with his French uh, national team mate um, Mbappe, but uh, you know, but clearly, clearly the, the ship has sailed for Pogba in uh, at Man U. I I don't want him there anymore because I still believe Pogba is better than. I mean, I get it. Sometimes his behavior he does get a little bit arrogant, but guess what? You know, every player does. I, I just believe that Man U never could build a system that could fit his style. That's what I believe. But at the same time, he had his share of mistakes. So overall, whatever style you want to take, the overall, it just did not work out. It was a marriage that apparently thought was made in heaven, but it's a marriage that probably just did not, that was complicated. But, but I think now you and I, we are prepared to move on to preview the Champions League final. And... When I was writing an article about this, about what Real Madrid has to do, you know, I reminded everybody that this is not just a rematch from four years ago. I mean, this is probably a rematch. This is actually a rematch from 40 years ago when Liverpool and Real Madrid met in the final, which actually was in Paris back in 1981, and Liverpool won. Except back then, it was it was the European title. I think this was before it was the Champions League. It was the, it was the Champions Cup back then. And you were in and, Paris at the uh, time, weren't you? Yeah, Liverpool won uh, won that game one zip. One zip. Uh, that was yeah. That was this unbelievable, you know, time frame from like, you know, arguably nineteen seventy six through nineteen eighty five, when Liverpool was just winning either European hardware, or they were winning the English FA Cup, or they were winning the English Crown. I mean, they were just such a such a formidable team. Um, you know, clearly a lot of people remember the game. You know, from a few years ago. You know, when Sergio Ramos basically judo planted Mohamed Salah in the first half, racked his my, my shoulder. My dad still up. hasn't forgiven Ramos for that. You know, totally cheap, cheap play. Um, hope the guy dies of syphilis. But anyway, <laughs> um, but. Uh, but yeah, it totally turned the head of the match because Liverpool, up to that point, had actually been playing really well, and Salah was looking really dangerous. Oh yeah. When Klopp, 
when Klopp had to sub him out, um, Liverpool lost something. But then, you know, you also have to give, you know, one Gareth Bale a lot of credit for scoring two goals. Uh, the second one, arguably one of the best ever in a, in a, a Champions Cup slash Champions League final. But uh, I think this is the final that a lot of people wanted to see. Um, I think you also have to say, too, with, uh, with Real Madrid, you know, they took a really hard road to get to the final. They had to come back from the dead against PSG in the quarterfinals. Round of, the round of 16, actually. Was round, Chelsea, me, round Chelsea was the quarterfinals. You know, they beat Chelsea you know, in the quarterfinals, and then they looked dead and buried late in the second game in Madrid, you know, down two goals with, like, three minutes left. How the hell could that team, coached by Pep Guardiola, uh, who, being an ex-Barcelona guy, has more than a little bit of hatred for Real Madrid himself, deep down in his uh, shaven head soul. But, um, you know... I mean, Real Madrid has just shown incredible resilience. And even though I'm a Liverpool fan, I mean, at this point, I actually, going into this game, I actually have to give the edge uh, to, to Real Madrid. Really? Uh, I, think I do. You're, you're, the fir- you're the first person who, I, I mean, every pundit is all over Liverpool. I mean, it's almost like they're shitting on Real Madrid because they were not giving Real Madrid all the credit. You're the first person to actually mention the resiliency, aside from me. I mean... You see, this, they, is, this is probably another reason why one of my loyal listeners, because my loyal, one of my listeners said the same thing I just said, and he said to me, "This is why Alex, they don't deserve guys like you and Steve because you guys tell it like it is, and, it's, and those people won't allow." It. I'm like, "Well, that's the problem because people because people like bullshit." I mean, it's it's it, it's it's sad, but for me, I'm not. Yeah, again, I'm not bullshit. I, I don't do fake news. I mean, I, I'm a rebel to all that because I want to tell it like it is. That's my job. And when you love soccer so much. You would you be compelled to tell it like it is, but and it's and it's interesting. I mean, Echelotti and Klopp are very very different different coaches. I mean, they're both players' coaches, but they're players' coaches in a very very different way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's very very clear that Ancelotti has a really wonderful relationship uh, with with his team. I mean, with Benzema, Modric. Uh, Kroos, he has a really, really good relationship with that team. And, and, and Kamavinga, too. You, you can just tell that the fact that he puts in – and I mentioned this in the, on the show. He puts Kamavinga in the most crucial moments, and Kamavinga pulls through. So, so the fact that Carlo Ancelotti, who I like to call the GOAT of Italian soccer, puts in this young midfielder in the toughest times, the fact that a guy like Ancelotti puts the young guy like that, that, that tells something. You have to earn his trust for, for him to actually select you. Yeah, I mean Liverpool probably is going to be playing without Thiago. Uh, they've been resting. Um, they've been resting Van Dijk, and uh, I think part of the reason that Wolves was looking so dangerous on uh, that last Sunday, part of the reason Wolves was looking dangerous, not just because with that really high press that Liverpool does, it's it's definitely a high risk, high reward type of thing what they do and they're they're extremely good they're they're basically the, the soccer equivalent of like the old georgetown basketball teams in the 80s that used to just full court press for like you know 40 minutes a game 
Um, but without Van Dyke, Van, Van, Van Dyke is the quarterback of that, of that defense. And, um, there, there's so often that Van Dyke is bailing out the other defenders. You know, if, uh, if Alexander Arnold or Robertson or Kanate, or if any of the midfielders screw up, um, Van Dyke is there to, to clean the mess up. And then the, the other X factor that Van Dyke has too is he's such a weapon on corner kicks and on direct kicks. He's such a good target. Uh, I'm just hoping that he's healthy enough. I don't know if Thiago's going to be healthy enough to play on Sunday, and um, I'm going to have to find out about the results on uh, on Saturday. Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to have to find out after the fact because uh, Wednesday, my wife and I go up to Seattle, and then on Friday, we're going to be taking a Alaska cruise. So I don't know how much cable type access we'll have on the boat or if I'm if I hit or it's either that or when I hit the shore when we're in Sitka or Juno if there's any type of Wi-Fi if I could just get enough Wi-Fi so I could just at least check the scores on Saturday but I'm not going to be able to match watch the match live and it's too bad because Liverpool Liverpool and Real Madrid their their soccer royalty uh, if Real Madrid wins it's their 14th title and nobody's nobody's even close to them, as far as the amount of European titles that uh, Real Madrid has won. Liverpool wins; it'll be their seventh, which is, you know, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, when you're up to that numbers, you know, when when as a club, when you've won more than four or five European titles, and I I mean I I kind of disagree a little bit with Pep Guardiola. I think winning the European title, especially now. With uh, you know the groups, you have to do well in the group stages, and then you have to do well in the knockout round, starting from the round of sixteen. You know, people forget that in the old days, in the eighties, there wasn't group play for the Champions Cup. It was just and no seeding. It was just absolutely pure blind draw, and sometimes, like I think one year. Naples and Real Madrid drew each other in the first round, uh, like in 86 or 87 when uh, Maradona was playing with Naples and they had won a Scudetto. So, you know, after a while they sort of said, wait a sec, you know, this, they came up with a different formula that I think would ensure that the best team would win, but it also on the flip side, it also turned it into a very, very big money thing. Um, I mean, the money now involved in the Champions League is so much bigger than what it used to be, you know, back in the old days in the in the early '80s and stuff. That's actually one of my one of the things my dad actually agrees with the changes. He actually likes the, the group stage more. He says, for one thing, it's 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 more soccer. So, and he would tell me in my case, you know, it's more things to talk about. It gives me more content, more stories. Yeah. But also, it's more soccer. But I think it's also a way to really get the teams over, especially the teams that do better than we thought. Then it kind of it kind of really gives more favorites, more more dark horses. It really brings that level of intense excitement like oh, through the roof. I mean, well, and I think the other thing you know that the the question that I think more than a few people would be begging to ask, 
if let's say for the fa- the sake of um, just for the heck of it, let's just say Real Madrid does win on Saturday against Liverpool. So it would mean that Liverpool would finish as a runner-up in the Champions League, runner-up in the EPL. Would this season be considered a failure? I would say no. I think no. not. I think not because, I mean, what they were able to do to be able to win both domestic cups, you know, win the League Cup, you know, which, you know, granted in, in English soccer is the Cupid doll of, uh, of trophies, but it's still a trophy. It's still um, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the FA Cup, you know, the FA Cup may not have the luster that it did once upon a time, but it's still the oldest cup competition in soccer. It's the pride of By England, far. honestly. I like to call the, the FA Cup the pride of English soccer. It is It is such a quintessentially British thing. I mean, the FA Cup, to me, is sort of to English sport kind of like what the grand final of Australian rules football is to Australians at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. You know, there's just so much tradition. There's so much history. Or March, and, Mad- March Madness here in the U.S. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I, still, I still think that, you know, has, will it still be a successful year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still a successful year. But uh, – but boy, it would be sure nice if they, if Liverpool could somehow beat Real Madrid on Saturday. But like I said, I'm I'm just a little bit worried. Um, and you know, the other thing too with Real Madrid, right now, arguably Real Madrid has the best. They have the best number nine on the planet. Ben Benzema. I mean, I'm telling you, I think he's playing a whole a hell of a lot better than he was playing when he, in his twenties. I still think he's got like he's in shape. You, you, you could see, you see the way he plays, the way he scores. He is not showing any signs of slowing down. He could, I, I would say, he's probably going to play until he's at least forty. And his his technical skill is amazing. Um, I mean, some of the goals that he has scored uh, for Real Madrid during you know this Champions League run. I mean, some of the goals that he has scored have just been ridiculous as, in terms of the amount of technical skill. To, to pull some of this stuff off. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder, but, you know, he's uh, he's playing well for France. He's playing well with Real Madrid. Um, I mean, uh, Liverpool has not had to deal with a number nine like Benzema in this tournament. Um, I mean, right now, he's, he's just simply the best center forward on the planet. Big, big time. I mean, a friend of mine says that, you know, he, he's already made the prediction. He says France retains the title, and he has Benzema being the top scorer of the World Cup. And, you know, go with, with Real Madrid, I mean, people are saying, you know, he and, and Kamavinga have been carrying the team. I mean, I mean, I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed too, that every time Kamavinga came in, something magical happened. I'm sure you noticed it as well, so. Yeah, well, Modric, Modric hasn't lost it either. Modric... Yeah. Modric is still one hell of a player. It's just Cruz. Uh, I think Cruz is just that guy who's just... It's sad, too, because I always say Tony Cruz is, in my opinion, the, the best German midfielder of all time. Some people probably think I'm crazy, but, you know, because it, the one I've seen, at least, he's definitely the best. You know, Vinicius Jr., I mean, with the amount of pace that the Brazilian has, I mean, he gave he gave Man City nightmares in, um, in that home and away against Real Madrid. So... 
a uh, lot of hell of a lot of talent on both teams. Uh, rooting my, as heart, well. my heart, I'm rooting for rooting for Liverpool, but you know, just right now after just watching how Real Madrid has been able to to, to grind this path to get to Paris and to play at the Stade de France uh, this coming Saturday. Boy, it's pretty. It's it, it. You can use terms like team of destiny and all that kind of stuff, but they 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 certainly seem to be playing like a team of destiny right now. They do. I mean, this Real, Real Madrid story. I mean, you know, writing about it and you know, the the website that I write for. I mean, you know, honestly, I, I've been told like you know, even some of the guys you know who don't follow soccer, you know, they read my work and. You know, they tell me that you know they they know that I incorporate my my knowledge and passion to the game through a objective journalism fashion, and I say, well, when you love the game and you know it and you take your journalism roots very seriously, you can create the best story ever. But I, I my advice, especially to those young guys, because some some of these dudes you know are, are in early years of college, I, I tell them, do your research and always have at least six sources ready to go because you just might need all of them. If you, when it comes to these records that you're mentioning or whatever, believe me, you utilize the sources. And I tell some of those guys, like, they wanted me to do a story on Mbappe. And that's the last thing uh, 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 well, you can talk about since I already gave my verdict on that. I told them, I'm not doing anything on Mbappe until Fabrizio Romano confirms it. Fabrizio Romano is the golden source. He is the guy. Like, until he says anything, I'm not convinced of it. Like, he's the one who basically confirms it 100%. Gold.com too, but for me, it's Fabrizio Romano over anybody. And, uh, well, and speaking of Mbappe, I mean, I gave my verdict, but I'm sure I, I can probably say a couple more things uh, right now. But uh, 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 the, the only thing I can repeat is, look, I am very disappointed. I don't agree with this decision. But since I admire Mbappe, I've always rooted for him. I've defended him against racist racial comments. I've defended him against haters. If he is happy, fine. I'm happy for him, and I'll still keep rooting for him. But still, I don't agree with his decision, and I feel like he he made it. He made a bad one because I mean, I would have said, look, PSG has they've solidified themselves as a team. Yeah, with the money that just can't get it done, just like Manchester City. Why would you want to stay there when you know that the man? You know the way that the team is ran by a. Uh, those businessmen, like, why would you want to stay there? But, but I guess his reason why, because he loves this. It's his hometown. He loves being in France. I get it, but you gotta, you really got. This was your career. This was your chance to take your career to the next level. But I just, well, I, I just, all I can say is, I just hope that this does not ruin him because I feel like if his behavior, if he gets arrogant like that, his his career is gonna be is gonna be messed up. So I, I would say, just in case, France needs to start looking at the next young, the, the next young. Wonder Kid striker, just in case. But they'll probably do that anyway. They always do that. Yeah, I mean, it's a head scratcher because I think Mbappe has won everything that he win in France. Uh, I think if he really wants to bring his game to the next level, I think he needs to get out of Liga. Um, you know, because I mean, just for the most part, there's not a ton of competition. I mean, PSG has won this thing like eight of the last 10 or 11 years. And, um, you know, Mbappe had all the cards in the negotiation. You know, he's only 23 years old. He's one of the best players in the world. And, you know, and in the end, 
uh, you know, Real Madrid. They're not shy about paying top dollar. Um, why, why not? Why not go? And I mean, you know, let's not forget with PSG. I mean, this is a team that lost three hundred fifty million bucks between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one. You know, and then they added Messi, Donnarumma, Wijnaldum, Hakimi, Pereira. And, you know, they're probably going to take another massive loss again. Um, Unbelievable. But, I mean, mean, for right now, you know, the thing that's just kind of bullshit with a lot of the soccer leagues is whatever financial fair play is supposed to be there. I mean, Man City has trampled all over it. PSG has trampled all over it, too. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I just, I think at this point, I think Mbappe was right for a move. Um, Again, whether it was Spain or whether it was the EPL, um, or even if he had wanted to say go to Bayern Munich, you know, in the Bundesliga. I mean, just get out of France, you know, get out of your comfort zone and, um, you know, see what you can accomplish. You know, the other thing, too, I mean, that I couldn't help but not to notice, you know, after the last games in France on, um, on, on Saturday. Um, at the end of the day, when PSG had won their last game and they wanted, you know, going away uh, like five, nothing against Mets. And then Bobby um, had a hat trick ironically. Yeah. Well, you know, Messi didn't look like a happy camper. You know, he looked to me, Messi, after the game, you know, when almost everybody's smiling and stuff, I mean, to me, he looked like the kid who was stuck going to his sister's ballet recital, you know, (laughs) that, you know, he just, he did not look like he was enjoying things, you know, it does not seem to be, you know, going all that great, I mean, yeah, the the check seems to be clearing, which is good, but, you know, I, I don't think... I don't think uh, Messi is really enjoying life that much with both PSG and, for that matter, you know, life in Paris. So I think he's—you could just tell—he's miserable. Yeah, I mean, he's—he's he's an unhappy camper. You know, I hate hate seeing him like that. I mean, you know, it's almost—it would. I think I think Messi would almost be happier even if he were in a different different Spanish team in La Liga or. Or even for that matter, if he were to go back to Argentina, you know, maybe finish out, you know, his career with Boca or River Plate or San Lorenzo or one of the other big Argentine clubs, you know, I think he would probably enjoy that a little bit more. But by the same token, too, Messi has lived over half of his life in Spain. Yeah. Mona. And, you know, it's kind of like the only time he goes to Argentina is if he's playing for the national team. Or if he's visiting family. So, anyway, but that was just one thing I couldn't help but to, but to not notice. And then, um, oh, back to the EPL real quick. Uh, bad props to Mosala and San. They shared the Golden Boot Award uh, for the EPL. So, bad well, props. Well deserved for both. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that was good to see. They're both they're both top flight uh, players and. You know, I like him a lot. Mosala is still one of my absolute favorite players. You know, the guy looks like he's having, you know, most of the time it looks like he's having fun. Uh, it's just too bad that he's not going to be playing in the World Cup in November. Yeah, that, that breaks my heart, honestly. 
But, you know, and speaking of Messi, I'm sure you probably saw it on Twitter that I think BR Football said that he was supposedly linked with Inter-Miami. That wouldn't surprise me. I think actually, I think Miami would actually be a really good fit for him. Oh, t- yeah, 100%. Because at this point, it's the best place, it's the best way to end it, to, to finish his career. You know, going to the United States, because he knows that in the United States, he has a lot of fans. So, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it would benefit Inter-Miami as well for him. It would, I mean, I'm sure well, that if he were to sign with them, the, the, the jersey sales would, would skyrocket, the ticket sales would skyrocket, the publicity, every, everything would go well. Well, well, you've been to Miami, right? Uh, I've been, been to Tampa. I, I, I went to I went to Fort. I did go to Fort Lauderdale when I was probably seven, eight years old, but I never actually went to Miami. But I did go to Fort Lauderdale. Well, after having gone to Miami last year, we had a ball. It's an awesome city. I I would recommend for anybody to go. Just I don't know if I would go there from May through September, but uh, Miami has the character of a South American city. Yeah, it it. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're a Spanish speaker, you could live just fine in Miami and not have to word of, learn a word of English to get by. You know, you could you could do just fine there. And the other thing too, you know, he would live, have a certain level of anonymity, which he really doesn't have in Spain, and which he certainly doesn't have in Argentina. But uh, you know, that's. That is one of the draws, actually, for MLS for 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 some of the different players from either Europe or South America is that, you know, even though MLS has grown a lot the last few years, players can still be pretty much left alone by by the most of the fans and stuff. So uh, I'm sure Beckham will make it happen and get Messi to come out to South Florida to play for Inter Miami. I would I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if he was if he was linked with Inter Miami, don't be surprised if other clubs like the Galaxy, for one, like even even attempt to even attempt to to recruit him, fire him. I'd say, no, go to Florida. You don't need to, you don't need to go to California. Because <laughs> I would say I, I mean, but anyway, um, but moving moving forward as far as Messi goes. I uh, I think his his uh, contract with PSG does have an option, but I'm I'm not sure uh, how that goes moving forward. But if I were him, uh, I would not want to be with PSG because you know the lack of the winning culture, the embarrassing elimination from the Champions League. PSG is just they don't win. That's what my dad argues about, and that's what discussed my dad about PSG. They don't win. It's all about it's all about the it, money is more important to the whole club than winning, and and really at the end of the day he's right and and supposedly today the, the people this whole thing with Zidane and his link with with PSG it goes back and forth from saying yeah he's going no he's not going, but I honestly still believe that there's no way he would go to PSG because he knows that because you could tell I mean I mean the, the whole thing that not but Pochettino at first they say he's leaving. And then all of a sudden it says that he's staying. I'm just like, what the heck is going on? It, it, it's mind-boggling. But to, to finish yeah. out this part, I'm mean, like, Zidane, dude, don't go to PSG. Because they're going to make these promises to you. They're not going to let you do your job. 
okay? Every manager that's been there, I mean, Thomas Tuchel was there, and they thought that he was the problem, but he wasn't. He goes to Chelsea and immediately wins the Champions League. That's that's That solidifies it. Like, the president, whatever, all those allegations he's dealing with, I mean, it, the, the atmosphere in PSG is just, it's shady, to be honest with you. It, it's, it's absolutely shady. So. Yeah, no. Well, I think I've covered all the bases. Anything you want to say, Steve? Uh, nothing really much to add. Uh, looking forward to this Alaska trip. Once, once I set foot on Alaskan soil, it means that I've got just two U.S. states I still have not set foot in yet. I have not set foot in Hawaii. I have not set foot in South Carolina. So um, by the time this trip is done, I will have had 48 of the 50 U.S. states under my belt. And everybody I know who's been to Alaska has just raved about it. And uh, looking forward to this cruise. And um, But yeah, you know, we'll talk to everybody when I get back here in a couple weeks. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for tonight. And just a reminder that Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, as well as YouTube. Steve, thank you so much for coming on, and I hope to have you on again soon. Have a good week, everybody. You take care. All right, good night, everybody. Be excellent to each other, and keep supporting your fellow podcasters. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.